want to welcome you again if you're joining us online. Again, my name is Pastor Chris, and we're so honored that we could spend these moments together. If you've been joining us in our physical church building over the last few weeks, you know that we are in a series entitled See Like Jesus, where we are spending 40 days reading through the New Testament gospel accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. And man, if there was a series and a message that was so important for today and where we find ourselves in this moment in time, it's this message of See Like Jesus. In fact, we've been a part of a reading plan, and each week there are selected readings from the gospel accounts from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as I spent this week looking forward into what we're going to be reading as a church, I was amazed at how many of the verses and stories and passages are so applicable to what we're walking through today. And so I say it again, it's no accident that the Lord's given us his word to guide us and lead us. And I'm certain of this one thing, although we feel uncertainty, although there may be things that you and I don't quite understand yet, there's one thing that I know is sure, God is not in heaven wringing his hands. He is very aware and he's very present to lead us and guide us as we look to him. And so in these moments, let's look to God in his word. My prayer is that we can answer this one question together this morning. How does Jesus want us to see? I don't know if you've been thinking about that. You've been looking at a lot of things, maybe worried about a lot of things. But I think the answer to this one question, how does Jesus want us to see, can bring peace to our hearts and can fill us with hope in a moment like this. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to open to a few different passages of Scripture. And if you're watching us in church online, you're going to see right there on the side, you have a chance to follow right along and write notes and connect with us and chat along the way. Please, we want to help you and, uh, and walk with you through this entire journey as we spend time in God's Word. And so let's take some time to look here in Luke chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7, we see that there is a story of a man who... Um, comes to Jesus in a very specific situation. He's going through a, an incredible challenge. And this is when Jesus was in Capernaum. Picking up in verse 2, it talks about a man who's a centurion. It says there was a centurion servant uh, whom his master valued highly, and he was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. And so as this man came and he began to speak with Jesus, he's pleading with him. Now, if you jump down to verse 6, look what it says here. So Jesus went with them. And when he was not far from the house where the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I've, I'm not even able to consider myself worthy of you. But... Say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 9, let's catch this right here. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men whom he had sent returned to the house and found the servant well. I want us to take a look here in verse 7. Let's take a look at verse 7 right here. It says, that is why I don't even consider myself worthy to have you come. Uh, to come. But say the word and my servant will be healed. There was something that this centurion could see 
that amazed Jesus. There was a way that he was viewing Jesus and the circumstances around him that made all the difference. And that's the first thing that I believe Jesus wants us to see today. He wants us to see with eyes of faith. I want you to know that as we're thinking of the world right now, the nation, our communities, maybe even some of you that are watching today, our eyes and our hearts might be full of fear in this moment. Because there's uncertainty, because there's challenges, because we don't know how certain things are going to work out. Maybe for some of you, you're wrestling between a school closing and what's going to happen with your child and child care and provision, and you have to go to work. Perhaps some of you, you work in a field or something where there is no business right now. You work hourly and you're out of work in this moment and wondering where that provision would come from. We have to see, not just with fear, which can be so easy in a moment of crisis or challenge, but with eyes of faith. This centurion, he understood something. He understood the authority and the power that was found in Jesus. And I want you to know something, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so is Jesus. And the same power to heal, the same power to restore, the same power to walk and to work miracles is power that is available today. And everyone who calls on his name, everyone who trusts in his name, the Bible says, has become the children of God. And there's power in the name of Jesus, and there's power in our identity as followers of Jesus. Let's never forget that. And let's see even the circumstances around us with eyes of faith. Not just fear, because as that happens, that love of God that dwells in our hearts has the power to drive out fear. So we need to make a move in our hearts. Even as followers of Jesus, it's easy to be afraid in a moment like this. But there needs to be a movement in all of our hearts from fear to faith. Moving out of fear, allowing God's love, his identity, his promises, his reality to invade our hearts and our lives Truthfully, the church is meant to rise in a moment like this. In fact, I'm reminded of an incredible uh, quote by A.W. Tozer that says this, A scared world needs a fearless church because we know the God that we serve. Because just like that centurion, Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. He said, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to feel uncertainty. Even though this servant is sick, Lord, send your very word right now and you can bring healing. So right now, that's my prayer, that's my confidence, that even now, if someone is sick, not well, someone's uncertain, that the Lord could send a very word and bring healing, deliverance, and freedom into someone's life. Let's rise up and let's have eyes to see and hearts to believe in that way. So that's the first. The second thing that I believe that Jesus would want us to see right now in his word, and let me pause at this moment and remind you that every passage of Scripture, how amazing is this, every passage we're going to be talking about today is in the reading plan we're reading this upcoming week. The Lord wanted us to know long before we knew what would go on that we need to have eyes of faith to see. You'll be even more amazed as you read because there, weren't, there was not enough time in this message for me to make all the connections the Lord was speaking to my heart as I read ahead into this upcoming week's readings in preparation for this message. So the second thing that he would want us to see is he would want us to see his kingdom first. Let's understand that a little better by turning to Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 26. And this week, as you're reading through the daily Bible readings and um, in our reading plan, you'll come across this passage of Scripture as well. And here's what it says in Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, come on, would you say it with me at home? 
Do not worry about your life and what you will eat or about your body and what you will wear. Jesus said, do not worry. He says, don't do that. Don't worry about that for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap and they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? For who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life. Since you cannot do this very little thing, then why do you worry about the rest? See, there's something that has caused so much worry in the hearts of people, and we can bring it down to some of our most basic necessities. I'm sure that you've been watching the news, and you don't even need to be watching the news. You've been out yourself trying to purchase things in grocery stores or Costco. I mean, look at some of these pictures of just people waiting in lines. Some of you are waiting in these very lines, waiting in checkout lines, looking on shelves where there is just emptiness all around. Um, for some reason, the toilet paper, it just flew off the, off, 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 the, off the shelves. But there's other things now that people are reaching for. And you can find yourself being full of worry because when you show up somewhere looking for that provision and you don't see it right in front of you, you can begin to become concerned, right, about where is it coming from. Here's what God says. You can't be looking at it from this perspective. Lift your eyes and see my kingdom. What does it mean to seek first his kingdom, to see his kingdom? Let's look further in this passage of scripture. Verses 29 through 33 in Luke chapter 12, it says this. And do not set your heart on what you eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things. But your father knows that you need them. I mean, come on, as you read this word right now, are you getting flashbacks of the last trip you had to try to find something? People are running, they're reaching, they're, they're grabbing at it. It says, but your father knows. So what does that mean? Just lock the door. We don't have to worry. God's just going to bring bounty and charmin from heaven. I'm not saying that. You can go shopping. You can do these things. But how about we walk through the aisles differently than everyone else with a confidence, with a peace, not worrying, not experiencing maybe what the rest of the world is running after because we know who is our source, the God who provides. Here's what he says in verse 30. Instead of running after everything, what do we do? Verse 31, but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. He says in verse 32, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that will never wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. He said, instead of seeking things on this plane in reality and becoming consumed with worry, it's easy to worry right now. He said, set your sights above to the kingdom. What does that mean to seek his kingdom? It's to trust that there is a God who is king, who reigns above everything else, who is our ultimate source and provision. And because of that, we can walk through this life without fear and worry and that uncertainty, but we can trust him. But it also, it says, if we look in Matthew's passage, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It also means, please, as you're walking through, it's easy to operate out of fear and do things and think things and say things that are not um, right with our nature and, and, and our behavior as followers of Christ. So the best thing that we can do is make sure that we are honoring the Lord. Even in these moments, there are kingdom opportunities 
even in your grocery shopping, believe it or not. Come on, turn to someone watching with you next to you and say, even in our grocery shopping, his kingdom can advance. Someone told me this story just, uh, just yesterday morning. They were walking through the aisles of a supermarket, and they had collected everything that they had in their shopping cart. And as they were standing in line, ready to check out, they're standing next to another woman that's there. And she has everything, but they had run out of shopping carts at that point. So in that moment, instead of saying, well, good for me and too bad for her, he said, you know what, I, I got plenty of space here. Why don't, you, why don't you put your stuff there? Now, maybe the first response, because she kept saying no, was, well, if I put my stuff in there, you're going to steal it and run away. Um, but, but what happened was they continued to just plead and say, come on, you can, you can use this. It's no problem. We're here to help each other. And that, that person was so appreciative in that moment. That may sound like such a small story if I was telling it to you any other day of any other week. But today it's significant because that was a moment to seek his kingdom first. You see that? That's what the Lord wants to show us, that if we are operating with that, as we're even walking through, instead of feeling overwhelmed with worry, you begin to pray, Lord, I look to you right now. I thank you that my provision, Lord, I thank you that you lead me, that you guide me, and watch the peace of God guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's the second thing the Lord wants us to see. He wants us to see his kingdom first, and as that happens, the Lord can flood us with peace because we know he is our provision. The third thing that the Lord would have us to see, that Jesus wants us to see in this moment, is to see our opportunity. I believe with everything in me, this is a divine opportunity. That third thing is this, to see our opportunity to shine. Say that with me. It's our time to shine. Come on, say it right where you're at. It's our time to shine. It's our opportunity to shine. In Matthew's gospel, believe it or not, you're reading that again this week as well, that we are understanding this reality that Jesus said that's so applicable in a day like today. Let's look at it together. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14. He says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Instead, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. See, there's something that the Lord wants us to not do. Although many of us are going to be spending more time uh, at home, not maybe out as much as we would, doing as many things as we've been doing in the past, it doesn't mean we're meant to hide the light that shines in us. We're meant to shine all the brighter now that we have an opportunity. And so it says, instead of hiding, we are meant to shine. So there's a movement that needs to happen in our lives and in our hearts. In the same way that I said we need to move from fear to faith, we need to move from hiding to shining. He said, you know, in the same way that you wouldn't cover a light under a basket or under something that would, that would cause it not to be present, but to shine it brighter. I promise you, as the storm of uncertainty and fear surrounds our nation and even our world, there is an opportunity to shine brighter. There's so many moments in the history of the world, in the history of Christianity, where there were moments of disaster, of plagues, of challenges, of things that caught the world by surprise and caused many to flee and run and hide, where they would look and see the church doing the exact opposite. As many were running out, they were running in. And they were ministering, and they were seeing it as their opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And even in this situation and circumstance, friends, this is our opportunity to shine. This is our opportunity not just to look to ourselves. Yes, it's important. Make sure that you're able to have the things that you need. Make the decisions that you need to decide on. 
but also we always must look to the Lord. If we're seeking his kingdom first, we're then looking, Lord, what's the opportunity that you want to shine through my life? I want to tell you that our team, our pastors, our staff, our leaders, we have been praying constantly over the last days, over the last week, Lord, what's our opportunity to shine? We've been speaking with our local leaders in government, in our towns, our neighboring towns and communities. We've been speaking with principals and leaders in schools because we're looking, Lord, what is the opportunity to make an impact? We've learned about some of the most vulnerable among us, and we are beginning even now to put together plans on how we can minister. We've looked at our church body at Evangel. We know that we have many shut-ins and those that are in a vulnerable condition. And so we've already begun as of today in this past weekend, reaching out, calling, finding out what do you need. Do you need groceries? Do you need supplies? Do you need something? And so as we're touching base and mobilizing teams, we're going to do our best to serve those at this time of need. We've also found out through our local governments, especially in the city of Plainfield, that there are some needs in that community as well, that while there are um, incredibly coordinated efforts to provide for children, it was one of our first concerns is that as schools are closing down, many children that rely on the school for meals and provision, that the township has secured many of those provisions. But they said there is a vulnerability with the elderly. Meals on wheels, things um, along that line are shutting down in many ways. And so we believe that's going to be an opportunity. So in the days and the weeks to come, we're going to share with you plans and opportunities as a church that we can potentially gather goods, resources, and begin to meet the needs of those around us in a tangible way. So let's get ready, church, to be the church in this moment. Although we can't go to church, that, that makes me sad. I love seeing all your beautiful faces lifting up the name of Jesus together. But just because we can't go to a church building doesn't mean we can't be the church. We learn that through service for service. And in the same way, we are opening our hearts, our lives, and we're preparing to serve our friends, our neighbors, our community with the love of Christ. In the same way that Jesus says, in the same way that when you let your light shine, look at verse 16. They will see your good deeds and they will glorify your Father in heaven. I believe as one of our people from our church said, there's a lot of glorification that's about to happen. I know we may wonder about that. We may say, how could that be? Because the light of Christ is getting ready to shine through us. We see this is our opportunity. But listen to me, right where you're at, don't wait for an email from Pastor Chris or Evangel Church for you to let your light shine. If you see a need, meet it. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, the same one that's speaking to me, can speak to you and can lead you and guide you to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this moment. Perhaps there's someone God is prompting your heart to call. Perhaps there's someone that needs encouragement in a moment like today. Perhaps there's someone that needs to know the truth of God's word in a time of uncertainty. Check in on them, call them, extend yourself, and let's see the light of Christ shine through our lives. So we have three that we've talked about, the things that Jesus would want us to see. He would want us to see through eyes of faith, not fear. He would want us to see his kingdom first. He would want us to see our opportunity to shine. And finally, this is the, the best one that I believe that many of us need to see, and all of us need to see in a moment like today, that we need to see Jesus in the storm. Believe it or not, as we're continuing our reading this week, we come to this passage of Scripture in Mark's gospel where Jesus is with his disciples and they decide that they need to travel to another place and when they do they get away from the crowds and they get into a boat 
And as they're in this boat, something happens that's very unexpected. A storm passes over. In fact, here's what it says in verse 37 of Mark chapter 4. It says, A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. There was this moment that broke forth unexpectedly. We all know, because of what we're living in right now, that storms can come upon us very suddenly. In fact, I liken what we're experiencing in our nation and in our world as a storm. When you look at the definition of a storm, and I looked this up uh, just, just recently, I'm amazed by the beginning of that definition. Here's what it says. Look at this. A violent disturbance in the atmosphere. Are you feeling that? Are you feeling that? There's just a violent disturbance, a, a sense of uncertainty. And so in the same way, physically, that the followers of Jesus had experienced this violent disturbance, all of us understand in the world, in the days that we're living in right now, it just feels like a violent disturbance of the status quo, of the normal. And in that moment, for them, it felt like everything was falling apart. For some of you today, it may feel like everything's coming apart. And you could wonder where to look and what to do in that moment. Do, what do we need to reach for? What do we need to do? We can become so consumed with the storm because it seems so much bigger than us. And let me call it our boat. That's your life, your family, what you're dealing with. And what we're going through can feel so much bigger than the boat and what we have. That's what it feels like right now. Let's just pause for a moment and we can acknowledge that. But here's something that the disciples learned on that day, something that Jesus showed them. Something that the Lord wants to show us, I believe, in a time like this. He wants us to show us the power of his presence. Because it's so easy to let the storm distract us and cause us to forget who's in the boat with us. It's Jesus. Here's what it says in verse 38. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Some of you are wondering where God is. He's not as far away as you might think. He's close. He's close as the mention of his name. And the disciples woke him up and they said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care about what's going on right now? And he got up, the Bible says, and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. And, his disciples, and then he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Here's what I want you to know today. That there is no storm that's bigger than the God that we serve. There is no challenge that we can go through. There's nothing on the horizon that can cause us to look and say, Lord, this isn't as big as you. And so here's what I tell you. That no matter where you are and what your boat might look like, no matter how big the storm might feel that you're walking through right now, and, and for many of us it feels different depending on where you are in your life, I promise you this, if you have Jesus with you, if he's in the boat with you, you have the one who has the power over every storm and every wave, that he will lead you, he will guide you, no matter how dark it feels, he will bring you to a place of peace and comfort. And in the midst of a storm, the Lord can bring peace right to your heart. He can end this entire pandemic with one word, and he can give you peace in the midst of it. If it were to go on for weeks and months, you won't be shaken as you have as long as you have Jesus with you. So I ask you today, is he in the boat with you? Is he with you? Are you near to him? He may feel very far from you at this moment, but I promise you he's no farther than the mention of his name. 
So right where you are right now, right where you find yourself, would you take a moment to close your eyes? Would you just in this moment that maybe you're finding yourself feeling like there's a storm all around you, I want you to see Jesus in the midst of it. I want you to see that Jesus is near and that he's ready to meet you. He has the power to change the storm, and he also has the power to change your heart. So there is no storm that can take you down. And so right now, right where you're at, I want you just to consider. There's no accident that you're watching this right now at this moment. For some of you, you just tuned in in this moment because the God that created the universe is right here, right now, knocking on the door of your heart and your life. And he desires nothing more than to be your peace in the midst of any storm, to give you a brand new life and a brand new hope. And right now, this moment in time and in history for us as a nation can be the worst, best thing that ever happened to you because it was the moment that caused you to get to a place where you cried out to God and he's answering you right now in the form of me sharing this message with you. And in this moment, you know where you are and you know if you feel God is near or far from you, if you yourself are far or near to God. But in this moment, I want to invite you to call upon his name to begin a personal relationship with Jesus that will change your life forever. If you're ready to do that, I'm going to invite you to say a prayer with me. There's no magic words that we're saying here, but it's really about the heart of what we're crying out to God regarding. The first thing we do is we acknowledge where we are. We acknowledge our own brokenness, our own sinfulness. There was a time that I didn't believe in God. And now I have a life-giving relationship with him. Everything changed when I realized that Jesus died for my sins, my brokenness, my shame. When I learned the truth, the good news, that I didn't have to be a perfect person to receive his love, but that he loved me so much that he died to pay that price. And he invites me into a life-giving relationship. And he promises that if I confess my sins, he'll forgive me of them. So I want to invite you to pray that prayer, to put your faith in Jesus Pray these words with me from the bottom of your heart if you're ready. Right where you're at, the Lord hears you. Pray, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Lord, get into the boat with me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins that have separated me from you. I put my trust in you. I trust in your love. I thank you that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me a brand new life. And today, I commit my whole life to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Look, I want you to look at me right now, right where you're at. You just made the greatest decision that you'll ever make with your life. This is the moment where God comes in and changes everything. This is the moment where fear is cast out and your heart and your life can be full of faith. This is the moment where you can see clearly for the first time ever. But this is just the beginning. God wants to walk with you. He wants to teach you to follow him every single day. And so here's what I invite you to do. I invite you to take out your phone right now, right where you're at. I want you to take out your phone and I want you to send a text message to us and let me know personally that you have made this decision. And so you can do that by dialing the number you're going to see right here on the screen. You're going to just text the word Jesus 
And as you do that, you're letting us know that you're beginning a brand new relationship with him. So take a moment right now, dial that number in, send that text message. And what we're going to do is we're going to connect with you. We're going to give you some resources. We're going to help you learn to follow Jesus. In fact, um, we're going to give you some resources connected to this book called Following Jesus. And it's seven steps to help you begin a relationship with God through Jesus. I'm so excited about this moment in time, and I believe God is really preparing us to let our light shine. So let's recap again this message and the things that the Lord has been showing us. What does Jesus, how does he want us to see in a moment like this? First, he wants us to see with eyes of faith, not fear. He wants us to see his kingdom first. He wants us to see our opportunity to shine, and he wants us to see and always remember that he is with us. Jesus is in the boat with us. So right now, let's pray and let's ask God to allow this word to dwell richly in our hearts. And we're going to spend a moment right after I say amen, going into a worship chorus and just singing out to the Lord. So let's pray right now. Dear Jesus, I thank you for every person that's heard this message, that's spent this precious time together. Lord, would you speak to their hearts? Would you encourage them? Would your grace and your mercy and your peace lead and guide them forward? In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's lift our voice together in this final course. And, and I don't want you to tune out after that because I'm going to come up in just a few moments. And I want to give you a few next steps that are going to help you as you continue to go forward. But for now, let's enter into this song of worship worship, and then I'll share a few more things with you. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Oh, my God will never fail. Oh, my God will never fail. Oh, I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you. see a victory for the battle belongs to you
turn it for good. Would you turn it for good? And you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. And you turn it for good. Come on, let's sing. You take what the enemy meant. And you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. And you turn it for good. And you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it experience with us and man we've been church together praise God a few things that we just want to give you before you head out to today and you get on with the rest of your day uh, first is would you share this with someone we have four experiences going on today and we want people to make the most of this opportunity to hear the good news to experience that even in the midst of uncertainty there is a God who is on his throne and able to move in the lives of people if you're part of our evangel family uh, there may be some questions you have and I want to help answer some of those with you right now one of them is about giving and if you contribute to evangel perhaps you normally give in the tithes and the offerings to support the ministry and the many missionaries that we partner with I want to encourage you to give through online online giving. We have a few ways you can do that. First, just go to evangelchurch.com forward slash give or just click on the giving link there. You can also 
download an app called PushPay, and uh, you could find Evangel there. And if that's the easiest way for you to give it, kind of streamlines that process. And so through this time, we know um, many people in our church, that's the way that you give. But for some, if you give in any other way, perhaps now would be a great time for you to lean in and give in that way. We are poised and ready to make a difference. And as we give, we're going to do our very best to just mobilize in this moment and meet the needs of many and continue the ministry of Evangel Church. Also, when it comes to prayer, we're excited about that, right? We want to make sure that you know that our Wednesday night prayer service will be online at 7 p.m. So the same way that you were able to find us this Sunday morning, please feel free to find us online 7 p.m. And we're going to take the time to pray. If, if, if we've ever had a time to pray, this would be it. So we want to make sure that you're tuned in with us. Feel free. You can text us your prayer requests throughout the week, um, even starting right now. The number on your uh, number that you can text is 908 325 5163. You can put it right in your phone and feel free to text us at any time. We'd love to be able to pray for you and your family for whatever you may need throughout this week. And that's the same number that I share with you. If you made the decision to follow Jesus, or you're beginning a walk with God, you just text Jesus to that same number. Or if you're in our church online right now, there are some uh, people engaging in the chat. You can let them know as well, and they'll help you get connected because we want to partner with you in any way we can in this season to help you grow. In fact, for our Evangel family, we know and we want you to know that your pastors, your leaders love you, and we're doing everything we can to give you the best experience we can, that although we can't come to the church building, we're going to be the church in this season. So keep an eye on your email from children all the way through every generation. We are here to serve you, to walk with you, to help you grow during this time. And can I encourage you that I believe coming out of a season of rest, of slowing down, of pausing, we have an amazing opportunity right now to lean in, to read God's word, to really practice so many of the principles that the Lord's been preparing over the last month for us. So make the most of this experience lean into God's word every day and pray. Spend time seeking him. Read through our See Like Jesus plan. We, if you're a part of a small group or would like to be a part of the one, we've already prepared a platform to have online small group meetings and connection. And so keep your eyes open. You'll have opportunities to be a part of that. Maybe spend time with your family going through the small group uh, questions. Every person that's within our uh, church uh, database that is in our mailing list, we're going to actually send you small group questions so you could take the message that I shared today and any of the readings that you're doing and walk through with your family, with your children, with your friends, and go deeper in God's word and grow through this season. I believe God God wants to make us better to grow us in a beautiful way, and we're going to make the most of this experience. So keep your eyes on um, evangelchurch.com, on your email, on all of our social media channels. This situation is very fluid, and so we're going to give you updates a week by week or even day by day on how it's impacting the ministries of Evangel and what we're doing to meet the needs and to help you grow and resource you through this season. So God bless you. Let me pray for you now as we close out this time that the Lord would meet you, lead you, and guide you and help us grow every day. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for this time we spent together. And we thank you, Lord, even in this time, what feels like it's been meant for evil, Lord, we ask you to turn it for good, to help us to grow closer to you, to see like you, to love like you, and to experience our richest days in your presence, Lord, even in this time. So, Lord, be with us now. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you on Wednesday night, and we'll see you next Sunday. God bless.